Turn your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Two weeks ago we watched as Jesus uh, was in a crowd and the crowd just kept growing and growing and growing around him. He turned around and asked Peter to push off from the shore a piece in his boat and, and he preached a message to the crowd that is believed to be about a man's faith. We then watched Peter as the Lord brought a huge catch. We saw Peter's excitement and desires for this world, as did Peter. Peter then claimed he was a sinful man and, 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 and standing in, in front of the Lord. Last week we saw what happens when our eyes are open to who we really are. We learned that when we really see ourselves, we fall at the feet of Jesus just like Peter did for, for our sinful and, and, and dis, disrespectful nature that, that we can now see for ourselves. And we submit to the authority that, the, of Jesus that he will use us in amazing ways to do amazing things. We saw that we will not be stopped nor swayed to accomplish what God has set before us if we'll do this. This morning, I want to show you something that, that being in our current situation, seeing all that's taking place around you, you may very well have forgotten. Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm the only person who knows what's going on around it. I mean, there, my, my, it seems like my phone has been nonstop this past week. It seems like I have been praying for people who were hurting, pay, praying for people who were scared more this week than I can tell you in a long time. And I'm not the only person. I'm sure that y'all have the same phone calls. You get the same emails. You get some, some of the same texts from the, some of the same people. But then again, you have people in your circle of influence that are going through things that I, I may never know. And what's taking place in all of our lives, I'm afraid that if we don't sit back and take time for the Lord, we may forget some things. So let's look at Matthew chapter 5. One of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And Matthew records, he says, When he saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the Gentile, gentle because they, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are, are, the, are, are the pure at heart because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your rewards, your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, we again come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we pray that you'll forgive us where we fail you. Lord, now I pray that you would open our minds 
each one of us, those who are present in the sanctuary and those who are watching live stream, those who might be watching a day from now, a week from now, a month from now, even a year from now, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes right now that we might hear from you, from your word. Lord, we need to be encouraged this morning. We need to hear a word from you. Be with us right now, Lord, please. In Jesus' name I do pray and all God's children said, I said say that louder. Come on. Amen. Amen. That's a little better. That's a little better. John Phillips says this about what we just read. He says, the Sermon on the Mount was addressed to people with heavenly rather than earthly hopes. The discourse, the Sermon on the Mount, while in embodying the laws of the kingdom of the Mosaic Code, embodied the national laws of Israel, was not meant for Jews as Jews. It was meant for people who had been regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. Anybody in here? Is that, does that, is that y'all? Is that, is that y'all? I mean, hopefully y'all can all raise your hand there. You've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? He goes on to say, No natural man, however sweetly dispositioned, however zealous and sincere, how well motivated or well intended, can keep the sermon on the mount. Now, there's some people who call themselves Christians, so I can meet all of these. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I've been a Christian for 14 years, 15 years, 30 years. Yes, I, I meet all these. No, you don't. No, no you don't. That, that's like a haughty person looking at the Ten Commandments and saying, uh, you know, I, well, I, I meet all, I've I, I followed all these Ten Commandments. No, you didn't. No, you can't. The Ten Commandments, just like the Sermon on the Mount, was to make you realize that you can't meet the expectations and you need a holy and a righteous God. Amen? Now, he goes on to say, Phillips goes on to say, he says, only Jesus met these expectations. Church, this is the longest recorded message of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It had many intentions, but none more than for us to remember who we are to be able as Christians to relate with these important truths. We need to remember who we are. Too often we put ourselves on a pedestal for things that we've done for God in times past, and it's never enough. We place ourselves on pedestals and think, oh, look, 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 look what I did. Look what I did. What does Scripture say your righteousness is like in the eyes of God? Filthy rags. Filthy rags. We need to see ourselves this morning, church. I needed to see myself this past week when I was looking through this Scripture. So how can we relate with this Scripture? We must first admit, we've got to admit, every one of us under the sound of my voice has got to admit something. We do not meet all of these expectations. We do not meet all the expectations that our Scripture this morning is teaching. When, when we allow ourselves to see that we fall short, we have room to grow, and that's what the Christian life is all about. The Christian walk is all about. It's a continual growth in our relationship with Jesus. Now, you ask any person who is in a long-term relationship whether, uh, with another person if that person met the expectations that they had on day one. Now, or, or did the other person meet all your expectations on day one? No. As a relationship grows through time and persistence, persistent expectations, things are met and a bond grows stronger and stronger. Now, I can't relate with your, mess, your marriage, but I can relate with mine. 
Listen, y'all, <clears throat> when Amy and I first got married, we, we had some counseling. It wasn't extensive premarital counseling. Like, I mean, I, I, I learned from my mistakes, y'all. And that's what premarital counseling is all about. You got to, and y'all, listen, y'all two need to make a date. You learn. Well, what do you learn? Well, you, you go into this warm, oh, listen, look, walk in your apartment or your house, and right there at the front door, there's a picture of, of the wedding. And you smile at it every time you walk through the door. But when you get married, you have all these, oh, listen, it's going to be like this, and it's going to be like this, and it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be, woo, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. About three or four weeks in, you come home from work. Caleb, you come home from work, son. Wife's been at work. And she surprises you with a meal. Okay? And you're sitting down and you're, you're kind of grumpy. I, Caleb, I know you don't get grumpy, but you're kind of grumpy, Colin. You're grumpy. And, and the meal's set before you. And you're eating. And the chicken ain't done. I mean, it looks good and it smells good. I mean, it passes the first two. I mean, it, well, yeah, that looks good. And it tastes good, yeah, I mean, but it smells good. But you put that in your mouth and it's chewy. And you look down and there's a little bit of blood running down through the middle of the chicken. You're thinking, I, I can't eat this. And then the wife looks at it and says, how's your dinner? And you say, this isn't fit to eat. Let me tell you what's going to happen. That, you know, you had all these, woo, marriage is going to be great. This is what's going to happen. She's going to pick that plate up, and she's going to throw it against the wall. Go fix you some cereal then. Brother Kyle, you're being silly. I mean, that, that's crazy. That ain't ever going to happen. Yeah, it is. It, it happened to me. <laughs> Amy, Rebecca's laughing. She's got a, I mean, she, that happened to me, y'all. Now, I didn't say this didn't fit to eat, but I, I was like, the chicken's not done. It's not good. And whoosh, 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 evidently, she had a worse day than I had. <laughs> but, you know, 10 years into it, after persistence and us growing together, things changed. We're, we're to be growing with the Lord daily. Amen. We need to be growing with the Lord daily. I hope and pray that as you pick up your Bible to do a devotion daily, that you see something that you've never seen before, or you see a scripture that you love so much, and as you dive into it just a little bit deeper, or you look into a commentary of what the, the author is, is saying, you, you get a greater inspiration, a greater insight on what scripture, you're learning, you're excited. You know that excitement we saw Peter have when he had a boatload of fish and, man, he called his boys up. And they, they, I mean, they had so many fish that, that the boats were sinking. I mean, he was excited. We ought to be that excited about the Word of God as we grow with him. That's how excited we ought to be. Church, as, as I hope you have and can now say that I, I, cannot, I, I cannot see myself meeting all of these expectations seen in verses 1 through 12. We admit that before the Lord. You should have been able to identify with some and say, yes, that's me. Some you should. All, there ain't no way. But some you should be able to identify and say, that's, that's me. As we look a little closer, see which of the Beatitudes you can relate with the most. 
Number one. Have y'all ever noticed, how many of y'all make lists? What is usually the most important on the list? The, the most important is either number one, or if you've got a list from one to ten, guess what is usually the most important? It's either number one or number what? Number ten. Number ten. But look at number one this morning. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus says, blessed or blessed are the poor in spirit. Church, this deals with a genuine humility. For, for the sense of utter spiritual destitution has awakened in you by the Holy Spirit of God when a person sees his nothingness before God. Church, it's alarming to me when I see a Christian who thinks they're somebody. It does. It, it's alarming to me when I encounter a pastor or sit and have a meal with a pastor and you can, you can feel the arrogance oozing down his arm. I, I may have given off that from time to time, and Lord Jesus, please help me if I have. But I want you to understand something. The closer I get to God, the more I realize I am absolutely nothing. I don't deserve to, to breathe the air that he's given me. I don't deserve the, the food that he's given. I don't deserve the honor of standing behind this pulpit every Sunday morning and preaching the word of God. I'm not worthy. I don't understand those who feel they are. Because at, at the very beginning of this message, he's blessed are the poor in spirit. John Phillips says, a sense of God's presence deals instantly with the Holy Spirit that is so admired by the world we live in today. If believers did not have such, such changing natures, the malignant evil of this present social order would simply be reproduced in the, God, in the, in the kingdom of God. Phillips says this, listen. So at the threshold of this sermon, the very beginning of this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord placed a gate at the front, number one, and that gate is humility. H humility. Church is number one. We need to humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God every single day. H how humble do we need to be? I know there was a time when I first surrendered to the ministry. And I could so feel the presence of God in my life that I couldn't pray on my knees. I had to pray on my face. I'm ashamed to say this has been a long time since your pastor's been on his face. Have I prayed? Oh, yeah. We need to humble ourselves. Do we not, church? I'm afraid we've gotten too casual with our Christianity. We'll, we'll lay down in our bed instead of kneel beside our bed and pray. There, there's just a, a haughtiness about us. We need to pray more often. We need to pray more earnestly. We may need to get on our face before the Lord. When was the last time you wept when you
Humility. Understanding that you are nothing before the Lord. We're a nobody. There's no, there's no limit of how much we can do where we can reach some illustrious level where we're better than anybody else. We're never better than anybody else. A lot of times we can't even be better than our old self. Church number one at the gate of this sermon is humility. Humility. The second thing he says is this, blessed are those who mourn. That's what Jesus said. He said, listen, th- this has nothing to do with mourning over a person that you love who, who, who may have died. This has everything to do with you and you alone. You mourn. You should mourn. It should break your heart as it does God, the sin in your life. Does your sin grieve you? Does it break your heart when you realize that it breaks the heart of God? Brother Kyle, what kind of sin are you talking about? I'm just talking about sin. Our sin nailed the Savior to the cross. Doesn't matter how, you know, we, we relate. Well, we, well, this is a little sin. You know, I'm just overeating. I'm just going back for my third plate. I, I mean, this is a little sin. No, I, we're talking about sin. All sin nailed Jesus to the cross. When you sit and reflect on yourself the way we should daily, does your sin break your heart? The way you know it breaks God's. Thirdly, he says this, blessed are the meek or the gentle. To be meek means to be gentle, patient, not giving to anger. Whoop. That gets me sometimes, y'all. Not, not giving to anger or, or listen, resentment. Do we have anger and resentment? Brother Kyle, let me tell you something. I, I, I've got a prayer request. I, I want us to pray about Sister So-and-so. Listen, she got on my last nerves. I can't handle her anymore. Anger and resentment. Let's throw ahead, go ahead and throw gossip in there too, Trinity, because, I mean, that's what, it's, that's what that, it's not a prayer request. It's gossip, right? John Phillips says this one quality Being meek and gentle, this one quality that Christ recognizes is one that is not admired by the world. It's not. In very few places is this quality admired in the world. Look at him. Look look at her. What kind of person is this? I'd have blown his doors off if I heard him say that to me. That's that's the world, right? I'm going to get you back. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, that's not what Jesus told us to do. He said, blessed, blessed are the meek or gentle. Are you telling me to let people run all over you? Not all the times, but Jesus is. He said, turn the other cheek. That's hard to do, isn't it? How many times are we supposed to forgive somebody? Jesus said 70 times seven by the time you get to 23 or 24, you've forgotten. You, you run out of time's account. Jesus says for us to be meek and gentle. He says this. Next, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Boy, I, I, y'all have heard this enough from me in, in times past. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Church, do you want more from God? Do you want more to know more about God? Do you, do you, or do you have enough? 
You, you cannot, when, under the sound of this scripture, you cannot get close enough to God. You, you never are satisfied with having enough. You desire for more, never feeling full. Now, if I meet any of these qualities, I hope it's this one, me personally. Because this is where I feel like I am. Stan, I, 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 can't, I can't get enough. I, I just, I, I don't feel like I, I can get enough. I, I, I'll study a book and I'll, I'll think, well, that, that was good. But man, so-and-so is so excited about this. I must have missed something. I've got to go back and, and look again. I, I don't understand exactly what he's saying here. I've got to grab a commentary. I, I, I want to know. I want to know. Church, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. But he says this, blessed are the merciful. I know a lot of people who <clears throat> fall into this category. Blessed are the merciful. Who, who is that? Those who show mercy. This ought to be every Christian. Right? Honestly, this ought to be our easiest. Becky, this ought to be our easiest. Well, what kind of mercy? Blessed are the merciful. The same mercy that was shown to all Christians. That's the kind of mercy we're supposed to be displaying. Can you imagine not showing others the same mercy that was shown you by God? Can you imagine not showing other people the same mercy that was shown to you by God? To think that someone did not deserve that mercy shown to you. Well, they don't deserve that mercy. Huh? Really? He then goes on to this one. He says, he says blessed or blessed are the pure in heart. We don't meet all these, Angie, and this is probably one that we don't all meet. Blessed or blessed are the pure in heart. Who in this room, who on the internet can say that they have this quality? I'm sure some of y'all had an impure thought today. Y'all drove here in your cars down the road. And I'm sure a stoplight stopped you or somebody cut you off. Or somebody pulled up at a red light while you were unsuspected and they hollered, hey, just to get a reaction. Right? Church, a child is born into the world as a sinner, but has a heart that's pure. Our hearts become contaminated, listen to me, by what we put in them. Our hearts become contaminated. Did I say by what God puts in our heart? No, no. Our hearts become impure and, and by what we put in our hearts. The only thing that is pure in our hearts is the Holy Spirit living in them and the purity that comes for maybe a few moments after we pray to our Lord. Church, this world will never allow our hearts to be completely and totally pure. Well, Brother Kyle, why did, why, did, why did Jesus say blessed are the pure in heart? Because, you know, why, why can't we, listen, we should be striving to meet this expectation. 
Y'all all know, I know what makes my heart impure. You know what we need to do? Avoid it. Avoid it. Stay away from it. Seek God. Every time the thought comes into your mind, pray to God, Lord, please, just forgive me of that. God, I shouldn't. Lord, please. I can't believe I just had that thought go through my mind. Please remove it. He places that for us, not that we can all meet it, but we should try to meet that expectation. Come to this next one. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted. This is covered twice in verses 11 through 13. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. He says this. He says, well, let's, let's read verse 11. It says, blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Church, what this says is we're blessed when we're witnessing somebody or we're talking to somebody about the Lord and they cuss us or they kick us out or they kick us to the curb. Stan, it says, Scripture says, Jesus says that we're blessed right then. Blessed. Listen, I can't can't, can't meet all these expectations. I can't. I, I can't. I know I can't. I need the Lord. Let me tell you something. I'm good at making people mad. And that's what this scripture here is talking about. In a loving way, be a witness to the Lord. But when they cuss you, stop and praise God because you're blessed. Church, what we see in these Beatitudes, verses 1 through 12, is something for each of us to strive towards, to strive to be. I I could take each one of these individual Beatitudes and their qualities and preach an entire sermon series on each individual alone. But what I want to focus on for the remainder of my time is one word that is repeated in our scripture this morning over and over and over and over again. The one word is blessed. Blessed. We're, we're, we're blessed. Brother Kyle, how, how are we blessed? You don't know what I've been going through. How in the world are, are we blessed? Well, let's just give a brief scenario real quick. Y'all ready? Everybody awake still? You woke up this morning, you're alive. I'm sure that you woke up and you went to a bathroom and used a toilet that's inside and brushed your teeth in a sink with running water. Is there anybody who who didn't meet that? Let's dig a little deeper. I'm sure that you got something to eat. And as you reach to get something to eat, whatever your heart and stomach desire this morning, you reach past a multitude of possible other food choices and then sat down in a table in a room that was air-conditioned to eat your food. Right? All of this before you took a shower and picked an outfit and shoes from your closet that's full of clothes. Listen to me, Sister Sue, you are blessed. You're blessed. 
but, but it gets better than that, church. Do y'all want it to get better? Do you want it to get better? Do you want to see something better? Listen to me, church. Listen. If you're here this morning or listening via live stream, it's safe to say that you're not in the ICU of a hospital fighting COVID to take your next breath. Do you know what that means? You are blessed. You're blessed. But it, but it gets better. Listen to this. None of us are hiding in the mountains of Afghanistan right now from people who want to kill us and take our children for their personal perverted pleasure all in the name of their prophet. Listen to me. You are blessed. You know, my wife works with the refugees here in Savannah, and from time to time I'll drive a bus. I've been allowed to drive our bus to transport them from one place to another for their English classes, and, and several of them have, have made professions of faith. This past week, Amy got a, a call from one of our friends, Latif. His brother was working with our military in Afghanistan, and he didn't get picked up. It's believed that he was tortured. He and his family were tor tortured and killed. Latif asked Amy if, if she would write a letter to a congressman on his family's behalf. Any of y'all have to do that this week? As the week progressed, she gets... Uh, a text from another lady who was a refugee from Afghanistan. And this is her plea. She said, can you help get my family out? I can pay. I can pay for my family. Can you help? Us. Who are we? I mean, we're a school teacher and a preacher. What, can, what is it that we can do? Can you help get my family out? Any of y'all had to do that this week? Listen, you're blessed. You're blessed. Listen, America, there's no doubt we're going down the toilet. It seems like we're, we're, we're flushing ourselves in immorality and lies and deception more and more every single day. We're becoming divided and divisive towards the person we're divided towards. But it's still the greatest nation in all the world, and everybody wants to come here. None of us had to do that this morning. It, if you sit in my office and look out my window just for one day, you'll see I don't even know how many people walking up and down the road. Gary, he sits there looking at the road in his office while he's doing his work during the day. And Gary, you're the same way. We talked about this past week. We, we, it's like every day there's more people, different people, than we had never seen before. Right, Gary? I mean, it's, it's crazy the amount of foot traffic going up and down that road. Some can barely walk at times. There, there's a man, I'm telling you, I, I, don't know how, I don't know where he's coming from, but I've picked him up and driven him up the road just so, I mean, he looks like he ain't going to make it. And it, it's not, you know, for something he's taking. It's just he's old and his legs are about to fall out and he, he's sitting there walking. Church, we have cars. Most families have two or more cars to take us Anywhere and everywhere we need to go. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. Listen, I got a phone call this past week from a church member. 
In the past couple of weeks, they've had uh, an aunt that's, that's died. They, they've had COVID all in their family. This person has a, 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 a former spouse that is in the hospital with an uh, aneurysm or something over his heart. And, and, and if he wouldn't have gone yesterday, he, he would have died. I didn't have to deal with that. I, I'm blessed. Church, I'm I'm blessed. I don't know if y'all saw yesterday. I think Amy put it on the women's prayer page. This past week, it's been tough, y'all. Anybody else have? I mean, was it tough for y'all? We had a prayer request. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. One of the, the refugees, I believe, from Afghanistan, their, their children has been suffering for months now with RSV. Has nothing to do with COVID, just having breathing issues. Two years old. Child died Friday. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I've got three children. None of them are perfect. I'm not either. But they're still alive. I'm blessed. Church, we're we're, we're blessed. Listen, I got a phone call last night or a text message last night from a dear friend. He and his wife were, were meeting somebody somewhere in Georgia, North Georgia, and, and, and they, were, they were just sitting there eating dinner, minding their own business. And the wife's eye, one of her eyes just went black. Can't see. I don't know what you think when you hear that, but I, I, I'm thinking this. I'm blessed. Church, I'm blessed. Now, when I take these off, I have problems seeing. I can see y'all's faces, but I mean, I, and I can tell now, but I, I know my eyes are going bad. Now, I do this. Listen, I put my glasses on. I can see y'all. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Church, listen to me. I want you to understand something. And you'll, by understanding this, You'll be blessed. Someone always has it worse than you. Brother Kyle, you don't don't know what I'm going through. It, It doesn't matter what you're going through. Somebody always has it worse. Somebody would always gladly change with you. We need to live as blessed people. Not not only when we're receiving a multitude of blessing, but in the midst of animosity, we need to lift our head up to God and say, thank you, Lord, that there was a threshold and this is where you stop with me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Church, if we need to hear anything this morning from our scripture, it's this. We might not have any and everything we want in this life. There there are many times when when times are harder than others. We we may or may not have to do without at times or or, or some, you know, or we might need something that we don't have. But church, we need to see without any doubt whatsoever in our minds that because of Jesus 
and Jesus being alive in us, that Jesus is alive by itself, we are truly blessed. And when we see this, we, we can strive to be more blessed through Scripture. Church, you cannot be a blessing to other people until you realize how blessed you are. And I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. God didn't bless you that you might be a blessing unto yourself. He blessed you that you might be a blessing to others. It all starts with knowing Jesus. Growing in your relationship with Jesus. Because as you grow, you start to meet more and more of these expectations and these beatitudes. Do you know my Jesus? Are you growing in your relationship with him? Let's all stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed. <clears throat> Father, we come to you again asking forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, we pray that you would be with us right now during this time of invitation. Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts and minds. And, and Lord, help us. Help us to see ourselves. Lord, we, we desperately say we need your blessings. And we, we desire them, Lord but help us to be a blessing to others. Be with us now, right now, during this time of invitation. If there's somebody, Lord, who doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray the day will be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come and spend some time at the altar? Will you come?